What's going on, everybody? Thank you for joining me on another exciting episode of Data. My name is Brian, and I look forward to sharing with you another amazing guest today. But first, if you haven't subscribed to the show yet, please make sure you get out there and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a single episode. Now sit back and enjoy. Coach John Bean, thank you very much for joining the call, brother. I appreciate you being on Dad Up. I'm excited to uh, hear about not only about your coaching experiences and all the things you've gone through, but also about your dad experiences too. So uh, I appreciate you being on the show, brother. Thank you very much. I appreciate you. Cool. For my listeners who don't know much about you, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, kind of what you've been up to now, and then also uh, how many kids you have. So I've, uh, well, I guess I'm the head football coach and athletic director at Laney College here in Oakland, California. I would have started my 17th year at Laney if it wasn't for COVID, but I, I've already coached 40 years altogether, 22 at Skyline here in Oakland, and then I did two in San Diego at Sarah High School. So 40 years of coaching. This is year 41, and I'm on a bye. Been in education that whole time. Obviously, I just got done um, filming season five of Last Chance You on Netflix, and so and I just became a grandfather. My granddaughter is nine months old. I have two daughters, and my youngest has uh, Lola, and that's kind of been occupying most of my time besides trying to figure out how to keep people safe in this COVID environment. Now, so you well, that's cool. So you guys, so you're a grandfather now, and two daughters, um, and you have. Uh, coach for 40 years now i know from the from the series from netflix they that you've been referred to as the, the godfather of the fall up in the oakland area why, why do they call you that i think it's just because of longevity is nothing else right <laughs> yeah i mean it's uh, 40 years I, I i gotta tell you i've i've coached um i've coached a little bit of football um but mainly ba- uh, baseball and basketball i have two boys and, and they're 21 and 19 now um, but I coached them all the way up through high school. So I've got, uh, I've got about 16, 16 years or so of coaching experience and I'm still a coach. Actually, I still, I still coach high school uh, basketball, uh, even though both, both my boys are gone. I'm still, uh, the, uh, associate head coach on the, the varsity team. So something I love. Uh, I know it's, uh, not for everybody, but it's something I'm passionate about as you are. Um, so, uh, 40 years though, I don't, I don't know if I'll be doing it for 40 years. <laughs> Well, I want to think think about this for a minute, right? Do we ever stop being dads and coaching, right? Isn't, isn't right. coach what we do as a father as yeah. well? Yeah. Right? Those are some of the things I think the parallel, right? So, you know, right now as I work, you know, I have the pleasure and the, you know, to work with my granddaughter in essence, right? And, and you know, I'm coaching her up already in some ways, you know, yeah. as well as being a grandfather. So I don't know that there's a real difference in my mind between the two. That's a good point. That's a good point. No, you're right. And uh, even well into their uh, adult lives, you know, my boys are adults, your, your daughters are uh, grown now. So it's, we're still coaching, you know, we're still coaching them. So they need something fixed or something, then they're not <laughs> grown. <in. laughs> well, that's cool. Now, does, has uh, being a grandfather kind of kind of changed your uh, perspective on parenting? Or I think that, you know, one of the biggest things and we were talking about this. We've been talking about it because during the pandemic, right, we're all at home. And so it gives us a lot more time to reflect right now. When I had my uh, my oldest daughter, Monica, you know, we were we were like 22 and 23 years old, working, you know, finishing school. And so life is just so chaotic, just trying to get through it every day, right? You're just trying to survive day to day. And now you have a newborn, right? Right. As a grandparent, you get to kind of sit back and reflect. You're not tired. You're not stressed. You know what I mean? 
and so it's a whole different perspective. And so I'm looking at things that my granddaughter was doing when she was, you know, first born and like, oh my God, did the girls do that? I kind of remember it. Or did I remember it? You know, you didn't see those right. things, like little nuances, right? But they stick out so much more now um, because you have a different position in life, in essence, right? You can, yeah. you know, really sit back and smell the roses, in essence. Yeah, well, that's cool. We'll enjoy that. Uh, and then you get to kind of hand them off back up to the parents, right? <laughs> and then go get a good night's sleep and start again, right? <laughs> right. How have you guys uh, uh, been doing with the uh, with the whole COVID thing for as far as the uh, football team goes? Well, you know, when we first shut down in, in March, you know, it was just trying to keep everybody in school, keep them, you know, focus on their grades, uh, trying to get some of the kids recruited out, you know, that were finishing up trying to recruit the new kids in. It was a lot going on, right? But the main thing was just, you know, when COVID struck, it hit us in such a way that we had a we had a pivot what we were what was important. Mm. And so for me it was making sure that the, the the young men that I coach are safe and their families are safe. That was mm. number one. You know, that they had food, right? They had money because jobs shut down, right? And right. Then he, of these young men come from families that are not, you know, well off. And so right. the second part is that, okay, to, to tie into the, the socioeconomic disadvantages that they have, they don't have, they have a digital divide, right? Do they have computers at home? Most of our kids do not have computers at home. They use their phones. Yeah. And then do they have Wi-Fi at home, which again, yeah. no. So we had to go out and find computers and making sure they got them. We had to make sure they got hotspots and we had to make sure they stayed online. They weren't. They were used to a routine, and they didn't have a routine anymore, right? They had. They knew where they were going to be every day at one o'clock. They were. I was going to see them at one o'clock every day. Actually, I lied. One fifteen, right? So one fifteen. But now we don't. So we had to start Zoom meetings, and you know, I had to learn what a Zoom meeting was, right? And you know, now you're trying to keep things going, and so all that was happening, and at the same time, you know, not only do we have COVID, but now we have, you know, George Floyd. Right. And we have all these other things that I've seen, you know, for 40 years where I work at and these young men. But now you're trying to make sure that they're safe because they're really angry. They're really feeling isolated. They're feeling, you know, like they've been, you know, left out and they need a way to, to, to kind of find a positive way to express themselves, hopefully, right? And some of it may not be as positive. Maybe positive to them, but maybe a society we don't always see it as positive, right? Mm -hmm. And so you you know you had to have bring up have those discussions, you know. And so there was a lot going on during that time. Yeah, I know it's it's tough. And and you know, as a for me as a basketball coach, I mean, we were we were starting into our we were trying to get started into our spring season, but uh, because of COVID, we couldn't. And uh, it was frustrating for us. We kept having to give uh, instructions, you know, training tips and, and training guides that our players could follow at home. Um, and then we too had to, as coaches, adapt to the whole Zoom thing, where we were having Zoom meetings with all the players once a week, just to make sure they're staying on top of their fitness, staying on top of their um, their eating habits. You know, so absolutely. Um, well, cool. Yeah, it is. It is. And and we've just started uh, down here in Southern California. We just started um, about a month ago doing uh, for basketball, doing outside conditioning. We're not allowed in the gym yet. So we're doing kind of outside conditioning. Um, and that's that's kind of what you guys are doing. Yeah, we start, in fact, today we're going to bring out a ball for the first time. Oh, cool. Cool. Well, yeah, I'm hoping we can get back into the gym soon, but right now it's a lot of running and a lot of, a lot of conditioning. Yeah, you 
Exactly. <laughs> well, cool. Well, kind of transitioning into your dad role, I know um, you talked a little bit about your daughters, now your granddaughter. Um, and what, in your opinion, what qualities make a good dad? I think it's um, presence, being there consistently, right? I want to think that I'm a good dad, and you know, and the reason would be is that I was I'm always there for them, right? Mm. And I'm going to try to treat them consistently. What you know, I'm going to love them up, and you know, we have rules. We're going to follow the rules. I'm not I'm not all over the place. A different person every day, and the same, and it goes the same with coaching, right? So, right, our team, right? That you're you're going to be consistent and love. You know, I mean, you got to hug them up. And we have a lot of fun growing up, right? And you know, we we laugh and joke, and you know, a lot of, a lot of silliness or whatever, right? So I think all those are the qualities I think make a good dad, you know. But I know from, I learned from my father, right? He was always there, you know, as best that he could be, you know. Probably not as engaging, you know, on a, on a silly side, or you know, definitely yeah. not a lot of hugs, right? You know, he was a, he was in the Navy for 22 years, you know, a little bit different, a little bit, but. It was there. I knew he loved me, no doubt. But I think much better soft qualities I have than my dad. No, you're right. Um, presence is certainly uh, certainly key. And and you know part of the part of the love that you show your kids is, is through your presence and and being being present in, in everything that they do. And it's so critical and so important. And, and a lot of dads focus so much on their careers and being able to provide for their family, but they're losing that connection with their kids if they're not yeah. present. I mean, for so me, it was. Easy. Right, because you know, um, we all had a love of sports, right, growing up, and so they 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 were at the school when I was coaching high school, right. That's one of the reasons I didn't take Division One jobs, right. Um, I got to coach in both in basketball, you know, and be around. So those are really critical. I mean, I even you know when they both were young and playing, you know, soccer, um, youth soccer. Well, we let let them practice at the field so that they'd be right there. So my football practice would end, and the girls' soccer, you know, as little six, seven, eight-year-olds would start right up. And so, you know, we didn't, there was no transition, you know, I mean, I was right there with, I didn't coach them, but, you know, I got to be there and watch and they had a place to practice, but it was right there. So that was good. I didn't have to, and also I didn't have to take them somewhere, right? Right. You know, right. <laughs> That's awesome. As a coach uh, and a parent, you have challenges of, you, you know, you're, you're trying to focus on, on your season as a football coach, um, but also it's important that we're, that we're being present as parents. But what do you think the challenges do you see that parents face most today? I think the biggest challenge is that, that work-life balance, you know, yeah. for a lot of folks. Um, whether you're, you know, a, a, a rising star CEO, you know, executive, you know, putting in all these hours for the companies and you're not at home in your presence, right? Or if you're struggling dad or mom, you know, a single parent trying to just put food on the table. And, those, you know, so how do we make that balance work? You know, I was, I'm fortunate, you know, my wife and I are, are a team, right? We're, we're, we're a team. And so there's two of us. And even then there was times that was, you know, was a struggle, but, you know, I, I, I just don't know how single parents do it. It's, I know they have been successful. There's no doubt about it, but you know, it is tar, it's hard, right. Um, to be able to be there, you know? And so those are critical things, you know, I think those are the biggest challenge. Cause if we say, if you go by my best quality is that, you know, being, having a presence, then, it, you know, if you're not there because of work or other struggles, you know, it's going to be tough. And so I think that's number one. The other piece I think facing uh, parents today, and I'm glad I don't have to raise my kids. I worry for my granddaughter's social media. 
the negative things that can occur on social media that we as parents may never know about, right? Then or find out too late. I think that's got to be right there as a challenge. But you know, for me, is that just having when I say presence, that doesn't mean just okay, we're in the same house, right? You know, or in the same car commuting because you know some of these commutes are long, right? Mm. You know, that we're engaged. The presence is also being engaged, right? So if you can't be engaged, again, I think that that can be an issue as well. And the parents are on phones now a lot, too, right? Right. Yeah, you're right uh, on both points. And uh, you're also right that uh, being being present um, means being engaged. It's not just you're, uh, you, you being present because you're around your, around your kid, you know. The phones are, are a huge um, hurdle uh, that, that people have to learn to get over, uh, parents in particular. Um, but even so, kids, uh, you know, we sit down at, at meals and it's, and you see, I mean, you can see it in restaurants. You know, you sit down at meals and you see restaurant tables that are filled with families and everybody's on their phone. Um, it's one of the things that, you know, as a coach, when we go away for our uh, tournaments or games uh, and we go to team meals, uh, we don't allow the players to bring their phones out. We, we, they, they stay in their pockets. We want them to inter- interact with each other. So um, the phones are, the phones are uh, off limits during mealtime. So it's but certainly important. Give you a piece, right? So we didn't allow our kids video games growing up. They didn't have video games. They had, unless it was on the computer, like it was a math blaster or Oregon Trail. They were educational games on the computer. That was it. Right. And, you know, and everybody, you know, I mean, I remember going to my sisters and my nephews and nieces and my kids didn't know how to play the video games. They're like, what's wrong with your kids? You know, well, we we didn't let them do video games. And and for my oldest daughter, TV was just where we could get on the, on, on, um, speaker cable was the antenna. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. There was a lot of PBS stations that came in the best. Right. I think those are some of the pauses that occurred, right? So I think too much screen time right now is a challenge. Yeah. Do you find that with some of your players? I mean, do you find them, because, uh, you know, they're, they're, they're younger, you know, they're in the early, you know, early, late teens, early 20s ages. Uh, do you find that with players? Yeah, we had. So I want you to, to pitch this this year. We're at halftime of a game, home game. And so at halftime, the offense takes the locker room. That's where we always go. And the defense meets outside because we have our own athletic field house. So they, they're outside. You know, that's where they go through their things. And then, you know, so I'm in the – we're in the locker room. And I noticed a couple of defensive players come into the locker room, you know, after the part, you know, they usually go use a brassroom, but they're in their lockers. They're getting on their phones to do social media. Boy, I about lost it right there. I about cut them both They're on the spot. What are you doing? You know, they got to go post something at social media at halftime. Now, think about it. Neither played very much either. Now, and I told them my money in front of the whole team. That's probably why you don't play. You know, where how are you focused? Worried about doing a social media post or see what's on social media at a halftime of a game, and then the one guy tried to say, "Well, you know, I got to make sure that my mom's okay. You know, she made need me. Okay, so were you going to leave the game in the middle if she needed you? <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a. Uh, that's that's. Yeah, I couldn't imagine that as a coach. I I haven't experienced that yet uh, with players pulling that, but uh, yeah, that's that's certainly a no no. <laughs> now. How do you parent your own kids differently than how you parent your players? And in what ways do you parent your kids and your players the same? I don't think I did. I don't know. You have to ask. The only thing I, because I read your questions and I kind of, I want to make sure I, you know, did them right. But I think the only thing the difference would be is that when I coach football, I'm, I have creative language. 
mm. right? But when I coached my daughters up here, and I didn't use that language, colorful language, right? Right. But I've coached them both in basketball, and I've, when I coach girls basketball, I don't, I don't use the same colorful language. Mm. So mm. outside of that, I think I treat my players and my kids the same. You know, I have high expectations. I, you know, I want them to, I want them to have goals. I want to, you know, make sure we 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 do the things we're, we said we're going to do. Um, at the same time. I have fun with my players. You know, we, we, you know, if you saw the show, I'm riding a Segway during practice one day because the kids right. didn't ride a Segway, right? But the cameraman had one. I got up on it. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so I think those are there's a there's a whole thing behind that. You know, so I love my I hug up the kids at practice. It's like I hug up my daughters growing up. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't know that I, that I do too much differently. You'd have to ask them. Yeah, no, I, I, I know what you mean. And, and I'm the same way. It's like, um, you know, I coached my boys through high school, but, uh, you know, with the players that are on my team, I, you are a coach to them, but at the same time, you're always there for them if they need you as a father figure or as a parent figure. You know, we have players that, that have had, um, struggling home lives. And, and it's, it's one of the things that I love about coaching. I've had players come out. I'm sure you have too. I've had players that's re- that have reached out to me that are since gone and moved on um, and graduated high school. And they've reached out to me just wanting some feedback on some things. Um, and, it's, and it's a good feeling to have. And it's good, good, good feeling to have as a coach to know that you made an impact on them, that they're still willing to reach out to you. Well, after they're, they're gone and moved on with their life, they're still willing to reach out to you and look for guidance. Well, and exactly. I think that was, it's, that's important, you know, and I get that now. One of the things when this, like, I got on social media because of the show, and I'm on it, the show comes out, and that people have been reaching out to me from 40 years ago, right? From the impact that you made. A woman sent a, a message yesterday, I read it to my wife, it was, you know, just touching that, you know, that something I did for her, you know, in 1995 still resonates with her today, you know? But that was that's what I hope that my daughters feel as well. You know that I, I, I there wasn't a change. I didn't shortchange the kids I coached nor my own kids. Yeah, that's awesome. Now, what has been one of the greatest regrets you've had as a dad, and what have you learned from it today? I want to think I don't have any real regrets. Does that make sense? And there's one incident in particular that sticks out. But my first year at Laney, well, as after the first season at Laney. My youngest daughter was getting an award, an academic award in high school, and I couldn't go because I needed to be at spring practice thing that we were doing. And the head coach couldn't be there, and he wanted me to be there. And I thought, okay, I'll do it, but I'll never miss it again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I'll never put my team as if I don't have to in front of my daughters if I don't. You know what I mean? That was one of the things I always wanted to try to pride myself on, right? Yeah. But I think, you know, if there was anything would be, there's been, you know, there was times probably I could have had more time with them, you know, but I was with coaching or something. Like they knew, the girls knew during football season what time it was, you know. But the beauty was like when I would watch film at home, they would come in and, you know, lay on top of me or watch the film with me. And they would find funny things in the film to like point out over and over. Like, yeah, look at that, you know. And I would say that my oldest daughter knows football really, really well from watching so much of it, you know. Yeah. She has a really critical eye of, of seeing what's going on. My youngest daughter, she always liked to find the bloopers in the film, you know, someone <laughs> tripping and falling down or two guys pulling into each other or something, you know, mistackled. <laughs> 
but uh, my oldest daughter would look at more critical things. So, you know, you try to find things to and, um, allow them to be a part of what you're doing, right? And so I don't know that I have a ton of regrets, you know, from that. I mean, God, I know. Even at this point, like when we, we traveled to, I took my team to play in Hawaii. I sent my wife and daughter there a few days earlier. So they could, you know, get a little bit of, of the Hawaii experience without the team. But then they did the rest of the activities with the team. You know, mm. I went, I, I worked for the NFL and, you know, they fly me to a meeting into, into New York City. So, again, I sent my wife and daughters a day or two earlier, right? And they stayed at the same hotel, right? But I just paid the cost for them. And they got to spend a couple of days there before I got there for, you know, to kind of explore New York on, on kind of the dime. So I always try to include them. That's awesome. Well, that's cool because you're, you're you know, it's neat to, to see that your family, is, uh, in essence, they're really involved in your coaching. And that's really, really important for, especially for any, well, for any successful father um, to have the family involvement in, in a, in a career or passion is really important. And that's very cool that your family is kind of involved in that because uh, that's, that's why you've been such a successful coach. It's because you have a very supportive uh, family. You couldn't do this for 40 years unless you had your family buy-in, right? Mm. I mean, the support, but you have to be inclusive to it, right? I mean, that's the key. You know, and then for raising two daughters, right? And they've been around boys, men, young men their whole lives. They're comfortable. You know, I mean, they're not intimidated by that, right? Uh, my oldest daughter, you know, is a is a has a has a degree in chemical engineering from Stanford. You know, when math class became, you know, her and 13, 14, 15 boys in high school, it didn't bother her. You know, she still, she still gave the right answer. She didn't get intimidated by that, right? My youngest daughter ran one of my players. He was an NFL players foundation and around, you know, NFL players. It didn't change her. She'd been around players her whole life. And now she, there's 10 in California. You're aware that there's 10 sections in high school football, right? I mean, high yeah. school, uh, you know, the Southern section where you're at, right. you know, LA and all that. there's 10 that govern the, the high schools, right? There's 10, only 10. She was one of the 10 commissioners for the Oakland Athletic League. And now, which is the smallest, now she's assistant commissioner for the North Coast, which is the second largest section in the state. And so both of them have done very well in what we would consider male-dominant fields. Yeah. And I think it's because I raised them, you know, on my end, you know, my side is to give them the, the perspective to be competitive and not back down and, you know, that. But my wife did a phenomenal job of, of the, you know, the other things about being in touch with your feelings and understand other people's feelings and looking out for other folks, right? Right. So between us, we did a great job and they've both been very, very successful. But I think it's because, you know, I did include them and they allowed me to do what I'm doing. And I wanted them to be a part of that. Well, that's cool. And and I know from the show that um, you even at times had your wife speak to some of your players um, when they were going through tough situations. Right. She's a therapist, right? Licensed therapist. And she's been doing this forever, it seems like. And she's very good at it. And she came in and, you know, she did a little workshop for them about mindfulness. And then when this occurred and, you know, with one of our players having a lot of stress induced because of family things, right? She was able to really get on the phone with them and talk to them and help them, you know, just kind of settle himself and recenter himself, you know, and, and just kind of put things in perspective. And so it's good, you know, and she's still, many of my players now, they know her, you know, when they see, you know, they reach out and, and talk. So 
Yeah, it's been, you know, it's been a, it's totally, we're all encompassed into this, this, this adventure of my career. <laughs> That's cool. Awesome. Awesome, coach. Now, if I were to ask your daughters, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope that they would say about you? That I love them up, that I'm funny, they know I care about them, and I will always be there for them. Yeah, those are uh, those are all good qualities. I think those are something some of the things that the, most of my dad say that, that they hope that their their kids would say. Um, and I'm sure that those would be the exact words your daughters would say about you. So that's awesome. If my listeners kind of wanted to look you up or learn a little bit more about you, where can they find you? And then um, also, I know you got trying to get through this whole COVID thing, but for the rest of the year, what are you hoping you're looking forward to and all that kind of stuff? So I guess you can. Find me on Netflix. <laughs> Last two season five, I'm at Coach John Beam on Instagram. I think that's my handle. You know, I hope that you know we get through this, this time in this country that is just a up, total upheaval right now, and that we can get back to caring for each other as human beings, and that we will put the safety of others at the forefront. Right. We need to be a society that cares about each other. You know, mask wearing is not about your civil rights or your choices. It's about protecting people, right? Mm-hmm. It's the people, and it's the people that you may not see. You know, the young people that you you're coaching now, and I'm coaching, most likely will be asymptomatic and not even know they have COVID. But when they go home, and who they go home to, right? That's what we don't know. Right. And that's who we're protecting, right? Whether it's their, a, you know, a granddaughter or a grandfather, you know, an aunt or an uncle. Those are the things that we have to look beyond. And I think we have to look beyond ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so if we can do that, you know, I think we'll be okay. And, then, you know, we can stay safe. But it takes everybody, you know. It's like we're testing more and more people. And what we're finding is that, you know, the the positive rate's going down, right? Well, that's because we're testing more and more healthy people, right? So there are a lot of healthy people, but we need to know that. And then we have to, if you do test positive, we need to know who you've been around, right? You have to, you know, so that we can, you know, keep keep it from spreading, you know, that's the problem, right? So, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be it. Well, cool. Well, I will. Uh, I'll make sure to uh, to mention uh, when I post uh, publish the show and post it. I'll, I'll make sure to mention Last Chance you and and also Laney Laney Pledge. Um, but uh, look, it has been a huge honor and pleasure to have you on, Coach. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule. I know you've got a lot on your plate, um, but I really take appreciate you taking the time to uh, chat with me on Dad Up today. Well, I'm just telling you, I think this is phenomenal, right? What you're doing. The questions that you asked, I don't know if I did a great job, but there are good questions that, you know, young men need to understand as they become fathers, right? Adds a lifetime commitment, you know what I mean? So this is great. So I really appreciate what you're doing. And and if you can just send me a link when you get done, I appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Coach. Take care now. Stay safe. Well, there you have it. Another exciting episode complete. My guest today certainly represents the data community very well. Continue to stay tuned because my shows with amazing guests comes out every week. You don't want to miss out. Please help the show by subscribing and leaving a rating. I would love your feedback. If you know anyone this show could help, please share it with them. I don't want anyone missing out on what it takes to be a great parent. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at Data Podcast. I read all your comments and respond to them all. 
Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. This is Dad Up.